0: Let's get on to the election campaign trail. How treacherous has it been to travel on there this week? I don't know. I, I really don't know. Let's check in with, um, Jason Ribeiro now, who is, um, a political consultant and strategist, and he's going to join us every week to sort of walk us through what he thinks. Jason, um, first of all, let's start just by the fact that this is a really unusual election campaign because of this, this wildfire situation. A lot of the campaigning, I think, has been somewhat overshadowed, you know, and rightfully so, but, how do you think that affects what we're seeing and how the two parties do what they want to do, I guess?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's certainly limited the last week. Um, you know, you've had uh, campaigns be suspended, uh you've had to have candidates and the parties walk a fine line between managing what has been declared as a as a state of emergency with the fact that we're actively in an election that doesn't seem like there's going to be uh, any major structural changes to right now. So I think it's certainly colored the past week, but I don't know that it will have uh, a, a, a sort of ship, sh- or a shape-shifting effect mm-hmm. on 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 the outcome thus far. You you have candidates in other ridings outside of the affected areas still door knocking, still putting up signs, uh, still monitoring the situation. So I think it's a little bit of business as usual. But again, if something changes in the status and it's less contained, we we may see it rear its head again in terms of shifting how the candidates and particularly the leaders respond.
0: And I would think Daniel Smith has the most at stake here, right? I mean, if the response is seen to have been a disaster in the next two or three weeks, that could hurt her politically as we head to the polls on the 29th.
1: For sure. And I think for right now, given that, you know, there's an infrastructure in place that has more to do with the government of Alberta's administrative and emergency services than political decisions, uh, I I think she's navigated it pretty well in the fact that, you know, she's getting the visuals that she will likely want um she's making the call to the prime minister she's you know extending a handout to the leader of the opposition to meet and brief her she's meeting with affected families in particular areas the only sort of flub up has been you know while she knew that this was going to be a situation that was going to be devastating you know doing a, a party fundraiser at the same time yeah. is probably ill-advised but again i i think if if things remain contained she'll have navigated it pretty well. If things get awry, to your point, uh, she will have to respond, respond swiftly, and then I think Albertans will judge the merits of her response.
0: Absolutely. I think you're 100% accurate. Aside from the fire situation, like you say, the campaign does continue as best they can. They are continuing to, you know, hold events and make statements and promises and all the rest of that stuff. But um, I think a lot of the positioning and the promising, uh, all those things, again, overshadowed this week. And, uh, you know, this is clearly the strategy of the NDP. um, Try and make the UCP deal with another series of listen to what Daniel Smith said on this podcast you know we've got comparisons to the vaccinated people being like Nazis privatizing healthcare on and on it goes it's not new it's not new um we saw it in a leadership campaign and ever since i'm wondering how much do you think this matters at this point obviously the ndp going to continue to hammer away at this and we'll probably see a new example every day i would think leading up to the election because they're out there do you think anybody at this point is sort of going oh my goodness i can't believe it or is it sort of we understand it at this point
1: i think there's two things to parse out one is you know the, the audience that pays attention to the ins and outs of a of a leadership campaign is much more narrow than the audience that potentially could pay attention to a general election and so while daniel smith is someone that enjoys you know high name recognition You know, there is the potential that there's a wider swath of Albertans who are learning about these controversial comments for the first time. Look, you know, the pandemic was a was a very noisy time and a lot of people were checking out and saying a lot of things. Um, So I I think it's whether it's from the NDP or just concerned citizens who have said, hey, you know, even though this came out a couple of years ago, like I'm actually looking at the fact that this person is now vying to be the premier again with a broad mandate. Maybe that's a more relevant conversation that we should discuss. I think that that's, that's all fair game. But then the second point is, you know, for certain folks that have fallen in line behind Daniel Smith, as she plays a very, you know, you know, traditional conservative mm-hmm. playbook here in Alberta, she's tampered down the sovereignty acts and all this kind of stuff and released a very high spending budget, very PC, uh, you know, of a, years past type of good times, Alberta budget, you know, here's another statement that she has that says, Hey, maybe for many conservatives, this gives them pause and says, this is not just like what we've seen before. This is kind of disturbing. And do we want that? Do we want that, uh, that general mandate to be given to someone like that? Or as you've seen lately, a number of candidates from other parties, even the PC party of, of Laughy days, yeah. coming out and endorsing Rachel Notley. Yeah. saying, no, 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 this is more of the in line with a uh, moderate Alberta approach. Than what we're seeing out of the premier's office right now.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, and I, I'm just wondering, you know, has that already happened? But like you say, it's different. A general election draws way more attention than anything else that we've gone through. So maybe there are some out there who are paying attention now that haven't been before. On the other side, and it's it's kind of the same thing. The UCP really going after the NDP this week um, because they're getting assistance from unions in terms of advertising the AFL and and UPE and all the right. Uh, again, I mean unions support the NDP. This is not a revelation. This isn't a shock. I mean, uh, it's the same thing. I think we all, people who follow politics know that unions and NDP are very, very closely linked and always have been. So does this cause any sort of, oh my goodness, I can't believe it? Or uh, is this something that can move the needle for the UCP, do you think?
1: I, I think it's just about motivating their own base to get out and right. say, hey, yeah. you know, let, let's, let me remind you, Let me, let me give you a taste of some of the things we know you don't like to see. We don't like to, to, to see, you know, government parties, uh, you know, cozying up to lobbyists or unions, et cetera, in any way, shape or form. Let me remind you of what's at stake here. There's potentially that play. I think to your point, you're right about the fact that is this a surprise at this point to a general? It's no. But, but the third, the, the third piece I'd like to point out to is, is saying that, you know, it, it, the, the two things are not kind of commensurate, right? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, when, when you're, when you're the premier and you're supposed to be the premier for anybody, certainly your political base has its nuances. Obviously, the NDP and the labor movement have a have a very close connection. But the fact that you know this week, for many people who heard these comments for the first time about those 75% of people, or you know, in, in reference terms that Daniel Smith mentioned in her in her podcast, who got vaccinated per the UCP's own health guidance and AHS's own health guidance be compared to followers of hitler is a whole other kettle of fish Mm -hmm. and i think that's going to be the the question that albertans have in their minds uh in some respect is you know who's more prepared regardless of the party stances and positions who's more prepared and more appropriate to be the premier if that becomes the ballot box issue you know that's going to do wonders for the NDP if it doesn't and it does become about this party squabbling and policy positions and who's in the ear of the the party leaders and politicians then I think the UCP's tactics around pointing out these kinds of affiliations will be advantageous for them
0: and last one and, and you let us there perfectly what will it be about because like I say they're all having announcements and promises every single day and I don't know how much Albertans are even hearing about them because the news is all around the other issues that you and I have addressed um do you think there's a chance that policy and platforms will actually break through and be the deciding issue, or is it going to be all about leadership and general tone of the party?
1: Yeah, I think this is a really good question. I think uh, you know what, what's going to be what's going to be on the minds of Albertans right now is I think the fact that there's not going to be a lot to differentiate on spending. There are heavy promises coming from both the UCP and the NDP, and that's separate from the UCP's budget that's been already committed. So I think there's not going to be a lot of daylight there. It's going to be about the two issues. It's going to be about cost of living, and it's going to be about health care, but the parties are split on that. So that brings me to my point around what you just said, which is potentially, depending on what comes out in the next couple of weeks, depending on if there are mistakes or challenges or a rise to the occasion moment, it could come down to leadership and it could come less down to organizing on the ground with the local candidate and more so about is it Rachel Notley or is it, uh, is it uh, Daniel Smith? And is that what you're going to cast your ballot on? Obviously, the same tools apply phone calling, donations, uh, ground game, et cetera. And that's going to make a, a heck of a difference. But in the narrative. It could just be about leadership and those two individuals.
0: It'll be interesting to see. And Jason, we'll check in with you once again, a couple of times actually, before we're done here and, and get another chance to chat. Thanks so much for joining us today.